We're going to pray now and get started. Father, in Jesus' name, I love you so much. Uh, you know who I used to be. So the fact that you allow me to stand in places like this to preach your word, it still amazes me every single time. So, Father, I pray that I am less and you are more, that the message that you have given me will come out the exact way that you have created it to be. And may my friends in this room and those online, may they feel the passion of what you have showed me, and may their heart move to the place where they can also see it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. <clears throat> Forgive my voice, it's been a very emotional week. Um, keep my family lifted up. My mother um, is not doing too great. So, um, yeah, just keep us lifted up. I, you know, especially me and my sisters. Um, seems like this is a, a season of transition for our family. Um, but we are still standing and believing God's word. Um, but, yeah, I keep it at that. So keep me in your prayers, please. You know, every time I preach... It's usually from the heart of God just spanked me or he just corrected me, so now I've got to preach about it. Um, this is going to be one of those messages. This past week, in the midst of my busy schedule, and this is a shout-out to Pastor, his message during Labor Day about rest. If you haven't heard it, you need to go and listen to that sermon about rest. So I'm busy. I'm driving to Troy, Michigan for a work assignment, and I'm listening to worship music, and as God does a lot in worship music, he begins to speak to me, and I'm driving, minding my own business, just worshiping, and he said to me, are you desperate for me? And then he said, you have lost your desperation. Can't really argue with when God the Father says that you have lost your desperation. Let's talk about desperation just a little bit. As a Lions fan, I am desperate to win. I have predicted that before I die, me and my son will be going to a Super Bowl where the Lions will be victorious. I've spoken into the atmosphere. No matter what wins or losses, I'm desperate to see it happen. To the point where I talk about it a lot. Or I post about it a lot. I have a lion's hat in my room, and I'm so excited to break it out. I'm going to watch them play the Bears. But desperate. We know what desperate is. Probably outside of the goofiness of the lions, the most desperate I've ever been in my life was when my wife convinced me, we weren't married yet, to um, hike the Grand Canyon. You remember that, Audrey? Yes. Let's just say nature is undefeated. Uh, <laughs> so not only did we hike the Grand Canyon, a brother from Saginaw that has no idea what that means, she told me to buy hiking boots. I went and bought some Asics because I want to look nice going up and down the mountains. Uh, at the end of the trip, every toenail was black. You know what I mean? Um, it was horrible. But no one, it's funny because Audrey told me not to do it before I did it. And I was like, yeah, you know, you know I'm going to do it, right? I wanted to marry the girl, so I, I, I did what she said. Went to Arizona in the middle of July. Oh, it gets better. <laughs> On the way down, we're miles away, and we run out of water. And then in, in mid-travel down to our location, the other cousin, Alice's cousin, with us all of a sudden said, oh, yeah, I read a sign back there that said if you, you shouldn't hike between 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. And I said, why? Oh, because it's high sun. It's going to be over 100 degrees. We already out here. It's 9.30. It's almost 10 o'clock. We are going to die. <laughs> I am from Michigan. I know what it feels like when you've been outside too long in the cold. I know what my hands do. It's time to go inside. I don't know that about heat. I'm in the middle of 100-degree weather, 
There are six adults all dying. We had no idea. The water is gone. Every muscle in my body is literally starting to contract at the same time. If you haven't experienced it, it's great. <laughs> then all of a sudden, I became desperate for water. If you've never had the desperation for water, you just don't understand it until you have it. The need for it, the thirst for it, the desire for it didn't leave. And the crazy part, it was a six-day hike, and we were in day one. <laughs> I had to have been the only brother who has ever taken this route, ever. <laughs> so when I talk about desperate this morning, I have a glimpse of what the Lord was trying to tell me when I was driving, a desperation, not for your favorite sports team or for water, but just like I felt when I was on that hike that I couldn't live without water. When's the last time we woke up in the morning and we said, I can't live without God today? When is the last time we rode around and situations begin to hit us and we say, you know what? I don't need earthly food. I need some spiritual um, heavenly food. Let me go and grab my Bible. Let me go and pray. We have lost our desperation for God. I looked up the definition of desperation, the state of despair, typically one which results in a rash or extreme behavior. I want to be a stream for God. I want, to, I want to desire him so much that even in the busiest schedule, I do something crazy like wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning because I'm so busy and I read and pray. In Hebrew, the word depression is Yes, which means to cause despair, to be desperate, or to be of no hope. When is the last time we felt, if I leave the house without God today, there is no hope? See, but like most people, I fell into the life of comfort. I'm going to talk about myself for a little bit. Most of you love sermons like that, so relax. My pocketbook's looking nice now. My health is great now. Uh, my job is going well. There is no feasible issues happening. My son and daughter are doing great in school. My daughter graduated out of speech class. My son just got into the newspaper at his middle school. Things are happening great. Why should I be desperate for God when things are going great? The problem with desperation, some of us only use it when we're actually really desperate. When someone's sick, when we don't have enough money for bills, then we're desperate, then we're on our knees, then we're all about the game of prayer. For the Lord was talking to me at a time when things were great, asking me why I lost my fire for him. So at this moment, God is simply asking all of us, do I believe I can survive this life without a desperation, without the desire for him, without a desperate pursuit for him? without a desperate fire for him. I was allowing myself to become a dependent on me alone. That is a scary place to be. I was reminded as I drove of several scriptures as I began to marinate on what the Lord was talking to me about, John 15, 1 through 8. And this is Jesus talking. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes and prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I in you just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine. Neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me 
and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. For my Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. At the moment when I felt the voice of God talking to me, uh, I knew that I allowed my dwelling place to be separate from the Lord. That the opposite of remaining is drifting. Drifting is not something that stands still. Drifting moves away from the target most of the time. So if I'm not doing what John is saying here, and, and I'm not remaining, right, morning, noon, and night, praying, reading my Bible, you know, doing a good, bad, or ugly, um, keep my, you know, tradition going, keep my routine going. If I'm not remaining, that means I'm drifting. If you are drifting, you are getting further and further from Christ. And this is the crazy thing. It's almost trick, right? The enemy allows you to still bear fruit as you're drifting. So you don't realize your fruit is getting smaller and smaller because you're still looking at the fruit and God is seeing you drift away. But all of a sudden, you're drifting, you're drifting, your fruit gets smaller and smaller, and now you start believing what the news says. Now you start believing what the doctor says. Now you start believing all the hype on the History Channel telling you that there's no God, and you start believing it because you're not remaining and you're drifting away. Very, very simple. He says, if you remain in me, I remain in you. There's proof of that remaining. It's called fruit. There's proof that you're not drifting. It's called fruit. The love that we show to our neighbors, that's a part of the fruit of remaining. If you're drifting, it's hard for you to love other people. Man, y'all got quiet on that one. Man. Let me go back to my sheet. See, because what I didn't say that God said to me, you're losing your salvation. He didn't say that. He didn't say that you are not focusing. Or He just said, you're not desperate for me. I know what that means. I'm, I'm not desperate for him. I mean, listen, do you know I'm desperate for my wife? Y'all, I'm desperate for her. I can't do what I do without knowing that my wife, listen, she's not here today because all three triplets are dealing with snot stuff. Right? Without even asking if she would be okay staying home with the kids, she did it. Last night, um, well, the night before, Friday night, her and I both were up with Thaddeus. She, she had him from like midnight to three. I had him from like three to seven, um, you know, dealing with cough and stuff like that. I looked at her and said, honey, I got to preach and sing tomorrow. I, I can't do another night. So she said, don't worry, baby. I got it. I'm desperate for that woman. I can't do, listen, listen, the fruit of my desperation for her and her for me is me preaching right now. So if we're desperate for our wives and our husbands, if we're desperate for the jobs that we have that pays bills, if we're desperate for the lions, are you desperate for Jehovah God? Or is your head knowledge enough? Desperation screams this morning and says, don't allow yourself to drift, allowing your fire to dim. Desperation doesn't mean you lose faith in God. It doesn't mean that you lose belief. I believe it, it is losing the longing for God. When's the last time you prayed and you didn't ask for anything? 
When's the last time you prayed and you didn't ask for something? You just wanted to be in his presence. I get mad at my students at school. Like, you come to my office, you just want, 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 want. When's the last time you just wanted just to dwell in my presence? Sometimes I feel like, God, listen, God is not a genie. Like, you realize that, right? Father, in the name of Jesus, boop, Lord, I want a new car. It don't work like that. Right? But we live in a fast food generation. We believe that we can order it and pull up and grab it and pull off. God is not like that. He wants to, 1 Chronicles 16 and 11. I have two different versions. The first version from the Christian Standard Bible, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. I love this one, the Amplified. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continuously, longing to be in his presence. Do you know why I love getting up early to practice music for y'all? Because I long to be in his presence. Because he shows up for every one of our practices. And every single crap I've been dealing with at work and worrying about my mom and tears and blah, 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 the moment I'm able to worship with my friends, that longing just, oh, it just fills the room. When's the last time you filled your house, your thinking with a longing for God? Our desperation is not there. Is it because we are in the seat of comfort? Which is not a bad life to live. As long as you realize there's no growth in comfort. So I'm still driving and this, these thoughts are hitting me. And I'm going and, I'm, and then I remember the crazy friends from Mark 2. And I say crazy because these brothers were desperate. What were they desperate for? To see that their friend would be healed. Let's go there. Mark 2, 2 to 5. So many people gathered together that there was no more room. Some of y'all would have went home. Somebody in my favorite seat. Going home. Not even in the doorway. And he, Jesus, was speaking the word to them. And they came to him bringing a paralegic, carried by four of them, friends. Since they were not able to bring to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. After digging through it, listen, listen, y'all, listen. It's, it's a couple of details missing here, but let me help you out. There's a roof, then there's the floor. These brothers showed up with their friend in desperate need of a healing, in desperate need of Jesus, came up to the spot, no way to get in. The crowd is so packed. You know, Jesus is there, right? You know, I imagine Jesus doing a revival today. It would be packed. Nobody can get in. They didn't go, oh, well, I guess it wasn't the Lord, and walked away. They're, when you're desperate, you think of plan B and plan C pretty quickly. Plan A, done. All right, all right. And I, listen, somebody in the group had to be like, hey, yo, bro, we can take the roof. That ain't normal, y'all. <laughs> if you think like me, I'm thinking, did they have him tied down or something? Like, did, who was making sure he wasn't sliding off? Like, they took him to the roof. No one fell, according to the word of God. And then they had the wearer off to hold him and then remove parts of the roof. Desperation when present, there's no quit. Desperation when present, there is no let us go home now. When you're desperate for God, the world will listen. At some point, the world will tell us what we think is illegal. I know it's coming. What are you going to do about that? 
You going to go home? Or are you going to find the roof, open up the roof, and get access to God? They removed the roof above him, and after digging through it, they lowered the mat. Listen, these, these boys had to be strong now. They pulled up their boy up the roof. They opened the roof, right? You know, the old days, they built stuff well, so, you know, they had to go through some stuff, and then they had to lower dude down. Wow. They lowered the mat with a paralegic was lying. Seeing their faith, Jesus told the paralegic, son, your sins are forgiven. Uh, you realize whose faith Jesus saw? I don't think he was, I don't think he was talking to the man in the bed. I, I think he was talking to the four friends. I think he was talking to the desperate friends who said, we can't leave here today without talking to Jesus. See, what, what happens if everyone in this room comes into a worship service, all desperate for the presence of God? Do you know what might happen in this room? The word of God says in Acts, when the people were all together on one accord, the Holy Spirit and fire fell down in the upper room. If we all walked into a same space on one accord, do you know what would happen to that space? I'm rewind, listen, I'm reminded about the woman of the issue of blood. They said that she dealt with this for years. Do you know some people would have quit after a month of dealing with something? She dealt with this for years. She heard that Jesus was walking by. Listen, do you know she was losing blood for years? She did not have a lot of strength, and she found her way to Jesus. And desperation says, even if I can't hug him, even if I can't just see him, if I can just grab a hem of his outfit... She got healed from touching the hem of his outfit. Desperation would make you do some interesting things. And Jesus felt the power go out of him. She was healed instantly. He stopped and said, someone touched me. Someone was desperate in a moment. People were all around. She had to be one of those people that most of us don't see because we make sure we don't see those type of people. We just keep walking. We don't see them. And Jesus see them. Are you desperate? And Mark, we are introduced to four friends who were desperate to get their friend in the presence. And when, the last, when was the last time we were desperate enough for our friends? Oh, Lord, they're just not going to get it. They're just, they're just not going to get saved. They're too far gone. You know, how, you know the things we say about family or friends. Oh, well, they used to know you, Lord. Now they just, you know. Do you know I got some family members I'm desperate for? I'm desperate that they know God before they leave. I'm desperate for Alma College and my students. I'm desperate for the trajectory of my five children. I'm desperate for the happiness of my wife. But y'all, none of it means anything if I'm not desperate for God. Can I get an Amen. As I continued to drive to Troy, I was reminded of the blind man's desperation in Luke 18, who refused to be silent until he got the attention of Jesus. It's found in Luke chapter 18, verse 35 to 43. As he approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the road begging. Hearing a crowd passing by, he inquired what was happening. Jesus of Nazareth is coming by, passing by. They told him, so he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those in front told him, chill, bro. You're too loud. We're trying to have church. They try to keep him quiet, but he kept crying out. Do you understand what crying out means? Crying out wasn't like, Lord, do you hear me, Lord? My Lord. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Listen. I'm going to tell myself a little bit. I told you I'm a Lions fan. 
Um, I was in the airport, and Barry Sanders walked past me. And if you don't know who Barry Sanders is, I'm sorry. You need to pray for yourself now. <laughs> I couldn't control my fanboyism. Barry! Ah, what's up? Ah, waving. People was like, yo, chill. He ain't here for that. Hey, Barry about to look at me. Barry! He turned and was like, I was like, ah, he saw me. Ah. But imagine he can't see a thing. He only heard Jesus was around. He didn't know how far Jesus was. He didn't care. People were telling him to be quiet. He began to scream and cry out because he said, I'm desperate for what you got. I haven't seen you, but I've heard stories of you. I heard that you can change water into wine. I heard that you can walk on water. I heard that you can feed the masses. I heard that you can heal people. I am in need and I'm desperate. I don't care what they're saying to me right now. I don't care that I may probably smell. I don't care that I'm begging right now, but I know that you are in the room and you're close. I'm going to scream your name until you hear me. Some of us give up way too quickly. So he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and commanded that he be brought to him. When he came closer, he asked him, what do you want from me? For to do, sorry. What do you want me to do for you, Lord? He said, I want to see. And Jesus said, receive your sight. Your faith has saved you. Instantly he could see and he began to follow him, glorifying God. All the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. Desperation leads to extraordinary things. But we have been told by our society that we only should be desperate for certain things like a fan club or, you know, something like that. To be desperate for a God that we can't see. Some people call us crazy. Some people call us loopy. Oh, you one of those crazy Christians? Yes, I am. And what do you mean God speaks to me? Uh, uh, he speaks to me. You hear voices? His. Right? I'm not concerned to live outwardly about my faith. Because you know what frustrates me about the world and where I work? Everybody is so outspoken about their sin. And the moment I begin to you know, be outspoken about my faith, everyone got beef. But let me tell you, you're listening to me now. I am a saved son of God. I'm stamped by heaven. So everywhere I go, guess what's going to happen? Heaven is going to follow me. And you can't do nothing about it unless you don't hire me. But since you hired me, let's go. I'm not one of those wussy Christians that if you come to me and say you disagree from me, I got to hate you and move away. No, I'm a grown man. Let's talk. I know, I know as much worldly information as you know. I got degrees. Let's go. And I'm a theologian, so hopefully you didn't come to this gunfight with a knife. And what separates us is the Holy Spirit inside of me. That the Bible says I don't even have to concern what I need to say. That if I put him first, when I come to any situation where someone disagrees with me, I don't have to talk in hatred. I don't have to do anything that is disagreeable. I open up my mouth and allow the Lord to speak on my behalf. And you know what? It's easier than y'all are making it seem. Because when you're desperate, when you start something to say, I don't want them to see me, I want them to see you, then everything you do, every place you go, the atmosphere must change. I put a demand on the environments that I walk in. I put a demand on it. <laughs> My students are like, why are you always happy? I said, I just walked in a room. What you mean? What you mean? Greater is he that is what? Y'all believe that? Y'all believe that? So the atmospheres, the rooms y'all walk in should change because you're in there. Ain't nothing about me, y'all. I am the least in the situation I'm talking about. If he is truly greater than you, than anything else in that world, when you walk into the world, that means the atmosphere must change. I don't care how crazy the boss is. I don't care how many people curse or talk filthy. When I walk in a room, it must stop. Ask my students, they can be a pirate, son of a blah, 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 blah. The moment they walk in my presence, they stop. I don't demand it. The presence of God demands it. Desperation doesn't care when people tell you to be quiet. 
stay dignified. Don't make a scene. Just pray and be quiet. Desperation doesn't care about that. But those who are desperate for his presence, his miracles, his life-changing power are not silent. They run after God with all their might, crying out to Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me and my family. Psalm 63, verse 1 from the Amplified, it says, Oh God, you are my God, with deepest longing I will seek you. My soul, my life, my very self thirsts for you. My flesh longs and sighs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. It's the last time you just woke up just, oh, I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. So last time you just woke up with that in your heart. Lord, I want to come into your presence. I got a list of things I can ask for you, but right now I just want you. I just want your presence. I want to feel your love. I want you to wrap me in your arms, God. I'm desperate for you. I'm desperate to hear your voice today. Father, I need you in this area. I need to make a decision here. Lord, I'm desperate to hear your voice. Please lead and guide me. I don't want to make a mistake with my money. Lord, I don't want to make a mistake unless I'm leading my family. Lord, please speak to me. I won't leave this place until I hear your voice. Some of you may know I was, I was, I was sick early um, August and you know my town so swole up and I was I was gone for a week or so and I could barely eat and it was so I was so desperate I wanted to get out of it I'm like God I know you're a healer where are you Lord please come come and I was just sitting in my seat crying out to him I felt like he wasn't listening and I'm crying and I refuse to give up I'm sitting there and I'm crying out and all of a sudden my mother calls me and in her loving way and very quick to the point Baby, take some zinc. Bye. I love you. Click. <laughs> All right, Mom. Alice went to buy me some zinc. I took that zinc pill, and my body switched within minutes. My voice came back within minutes. So he heard me and had moms call me. Are you desperate? Are you desperate? So here's the answer to it. The way I stay desperate is remaining in his presence, remaining in prayer, morning, noon, and night, remaining in the house of God, remaining in the word of God. Um, we have to be okay with dwelling. You know, I love um, Psalm 91, but it starts off by saying, for those who dwell in the shelter of the Almighty. Remember, if you're not dwelling, if you're not remaining, you're drifting. So that means everything in Psalm 91 doesn't count if you're drifting. you got to be dwelling. you got to be in the presence of the Almighty. You have to surrender to the Almighty, right? So for those who dwell under the shadow of the Almighty, the rest of Psalm 91 is yours, which means if you're not dwelling, the rest of Psalm 91 is not yours. Again, I would tell you this, in the action of drifting, you will see some fruit, but if you're not connected to the source, to the branch, you won't realize your fruit is getting smaller and smaller and smaller as you begin to drift far and far away. You know what the devil loves? He loves drifters. Especially drifting Christians. Got you now. Listen, have you ever watched the, you know, the Nature Channel? You know, I love it. I love watching animals eat other animals. I have no idea why. <laughs> but when the lion is out there chilling, he is waiting for the one drifter to lead the group. Oh, pastor keeps on telling me to come to church. Why do I need to come to church? I can have the church at home by myself for the lion to find you by yourself. Come on, people. 
right? We, leave, we, we believe way too much hype about certain things that have been proven for years that church is not just the four walls. It's the people that hold each other up, that pray for each other, that keep each other. And we're so bent on taking the church out of four walls that we're leaving the church, and you're not leaving the four walls. You're leaving the capital C. And the enemy of your soul, which the Bible teaches us is here to kill, steal, and destroy, is waiting in the bushes, ready for you to walk away from the safety of the church. Some of y'all mad at me now. It's all good. I don't need new friends. I'm 43. I'm married. You're my bestie, Alice. You have to be okay with dwelling, staying around. But they offended me, okay? This is what adulting is all about. Communication is is important. I've been offended so many times. I I, I no longer can count by a lot of people. But God still has me here. So don't blame drifting on offense, all right? My son is probably offended by me all the time, but he can't leave my house. <laughs> Got you for a few more years, bro. We shouldn't just be desperate when the situation calls for it a health concern, a lack of money. We must keep the fire going even when things seem okay. Listen, some of y'all are outdoors people. If the fire starts going down, you instinctively start to go and get more wood. If you feel the flame of God going down, you must instinctively go into the prayer room. You must instinctively go and grab your Bible and begin to fast and to do the spiritual life that you've been taught and stop watching the flame go down and say, I don't know what to do. The flame is going down. You've got to put fire on the wood. You have to read your word. It must, listen, if, if he um, has led me to this point where I'm, listen, this is me too. The Lord is talking to me through this too. But we have to be desperate in the time right now because there's a lot of um, um, miscommunications and untruth coming through the world that seems so shiny and it seems so real. And a lot of our younger Christians are jumping on it like, like just jumping on it. And the Lord is saying it's because they don't really know me. They have a glimpse of understanding about me. They don't really know my voice. They have a glimpse of my voice. They haven't dwelled long enough to make these life-changing decisions. And then you find yourself in the valley, in the low place, because you have a louder voice that is not God to lead you in the place where it's, oof, Lord have mercy. We've been led by wolves. And because you don't dwell to learn his voice, you think every voice is true. And God would tell you this morning, you better know what's mine and what's not mine. Only desperate people know the voice of God. Stay connected. Keep the fire going. Matthew 5, 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Psalm 41 Sorry, Psalm 42, 1. As the deer pants longingly for the water brooks, so my soul pants longingly for you, O oh God. I'm reminded of a song we've seen here for years, Hungry. Hungry, I come to you. Or I, I think of the song, Breathe. I am lost without you. What's the next one? I am desperate for you. Maybe Bill, we should sing that a couple more times. When I'm tired, after a long day of work, I shouldn't lose my desperation. When the family unit isn't exactly the way I want it to be. 
I must not lose my, de- my desperation. When everything is great, my body feels amazing, I must not lose my desperation. No matter the circumstance, we must keep our fire. I reminded that men must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So, as I navigate my feelings with my mom, As pastor waits on a complete healing for Miss D, as we wait on the salvation for our family and friends, as we deal with life situations, I pray to my desperation for my God stays on fire. Desperation for God says, worship him through the good, worship him through the bad, through the ugly. So where is your level of desperation this morning? I would go on to say because he's our God that the desperation for him should be greater than any other thing that we're desperate for. I'm desperate to grow my family. Is that bigger than God? I'm desperate for this new car. Is that bigger than God? I'm desperate for this new transition for my house or whatever it is, for my business. Is that desperation bigger than your desperation for God? Because in my experience, true desperation for Jehovah leads to extraordinary outcomes for your life. So what level of desperation are you at this morning, Father God called me out on my level in a very random time driving because I'm so busy. I just knew when he, he probably knew he can get me then. Boom, got me. So what has God, listen, I'm not naive. He spoke something to you as I'm preaching. So what level of desperation are you at? Or are you coasting? The word I used today was drifting. Because if you are under the shelter, you're dwelling, and according to John, you're remaining in that branch. And the proof of your remaining is the fruit that you bear, the atmospheres that you change, and the climate that you make better when you walk in the room because of who you worship. I'm almost done, y'all. So as I drove on, tears in my eyes, I asked God to rekindle my fire. Lord, I'm sorry. You know, I, you know, I apologize for taking his presence for granted. And I made the decision to make life changes. Because if I came home from a long day, I wouldn't read my word. I would go straight to sleep. I would say something like, God knows what's up. It's been a long day. I'm tired. I'm just going to rest. That action, although some may say you're taking care of self, starts the drifting process. Because one day leads to two days, and all of a sudden it's a month. And because you're so busy at work or busy in life, you haven't touched your Bible and you completely drifted away, and you have no idea, but you're still bearing your fruit. It's not God who removes his presence from us. It is usually us who leaves the dwelling place. Jeremiah 28, 13 reminds us, you seek me and find me when you search me with all of your heart. So the question this morning, desperation is searching God with everything. Not just the mornings because they work. 
or lunchtime because it works. But everything. Bow your heads with me, please. Father, we want to be desperate for you. As your word says, our flesh longs and sighs for you with the deepest longing. We thirst. And the song says, Father, we need you. Oh, we need you. Every hour, every day, no matter if life seems great or it doesn't, Father, we need you. And Lord, I have no idea why this message is a timely one for this season, for right now, for my friends to hear and online to hear. But Lord, I pray that we won't allow ourselves to drift. And if drifting is happening now, Lord, I pray that you won't allow us to continue to drift. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come up, please. Thank you, Lord, for reminding me. Our prayer team will be up here. Look at me for a second. I want to challenge you. This is no one's business except for you and God. I don't care to know. Your neighbor doesn't care to know. This is between you and God, your level of desperation. Some of you may say, I am not reaching my spiritual potential the way I dream, the way I know, the way God has shown me. And some of that lack is because the fire is beginning to dim and you're not putting logs on the fire. Or you just not, or those two or three scriptures that you've been living on, you probably should add a couple more. Our team is up here because I'm going to invite you to come up. If you are a person who says, listen, this, this is not, shouldn't be embarrassing. I started this sermon by telling you this is me. This is how God has corrected me. This week, this happened a couple of days ago, where now I have to make changes. I have to allow myself to be challenged to make sure that God is the forefront of every motion I make from the moment I wake up. I don't eat before talking to him. <clears throat> I don't check my email. That's my thing. Work so crazy, I wake up, who emailed me? No, let me talk to God first before I get into the worldly business that I work. <clears throat> or maybe it's social media. You wake up, you want to detach right away. Not until you talk to God. So what level of desperation are you? And if you feel, go ahead and stand up for me, please. If you feel that you need to have... Go ahead and stand up for me, please. Lord, my teacher almost kicked in. <laughs> Y'all looked at me like, what? <clears throat> if you say to me that you, I just need prayer because I want to find fire again. I want to be rekindled. I want to know what it is again to have Christ as my first love. That's what we're talking about right, you know, right now. We're going to do a salvation prayer here in a second, but right now, this one is for those people who say, I think I'm drifting a little bit. I didn't know I was until the sermon. The Lord's been showing me some things. We have to take care of that. Because there's something coming for us all, Christians, that if we're not desperate, we will lose our connection to Father God. I don't know what it is. I'm no prophet. I just know what I feel. Okay? So as I pray, I'm going to pray over all of us. If you want to come talk to our prayer team, please do that. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for my friends who are in the room. We're all standing in your presence, Lord. If... Lord, some of us in this room um, don't like the place we are in, the level of desperation that we are at. So, Father, we pray that you will show us exactly that we need more of you in our life in every single area. Lord, we give you church matters, but now it's time for us to give you family matters. Now it's time to give you financial matters. Now it's time to give you relational matters, worldly matters. Lord, we give you everything because we're desperate for you, every single part of you. So, Father, I pray over every single brother and sister on here, those who are online who can hear the sound of my voice, 
that the spirit of desperation will hit them, a desperate not for worldly things, but a desperation for the presence and soaking of God, for your miracles, for your voice, that we'll be so desperate for you that we won't make decisions without your presence, without your voice, without your peace, that we will be a people who will not just dwell in the four walls of the church, that we will take your desperation out to the streets, out to our jobs, out to our neighbors, out to our families, so when they see us, they can see that we're different from the world. And when they ask us what's going on, we can reply and say, I'm desperate for something bigger than myself. And I'm desperate for the Jehovah of all things. I'm desperate for you. We pray for that desperation in the house. From every musician, from every usher, from every children's worker, from every greeter, from every guest who's in the room, that we will have the fruit of being connected to you. And if you believe that by agreement, say amen on three. One, two, three, amen. If there's anyone in the room, Chad, come stand up here with me, brother, who doesn't know the Lord, please understand that every single thing that I've talked about this morning, um, every single thing that we sang about this morning, talking about no fear, talking about um, fear is not my future, Please understand that the foundation of everything that we have spoken, we have sang this morning, um, even Chaz's um, opening um, joke, um, is grounded by the presence of God, knowing who Jesus is, having salvation in him. So without salvation, everything that we talked about this morning is not there. But with salvation in Christ, everything we've talked about this morning plus more is yours including an eternity of heaven with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and God the Father. Can I get amen? amen? So I want everybody to bow their heads. If you're in this room and you need to know Jesus for the first time, or if you need to rededicate your life, with whatever way, eyes closed and head bowed, if you can raise your hand, because we want to pray. Okay? Okay. Got some hands. All right, put your hands down. And repeat after me, and then I'm going to hand it over to my brother, Chad. Father God, this is everyone, please. I'm sorry, I wasn't clear. Um, everyone, repeat after me. Say, Father God, thank you for your love. And I thank you for your son, Jesus. I believe that he died on the cross for me. And I believe that he rose again so that I may live free. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in Jesus, the Son. And I believe in Father, our God. And because of that belief, I have a residence in heaven in the eternity with Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. For those who raised their hands to rededicate, or for the first time, I want you to know the Bible says that right now heaven is going off in a party. That it is going off because your name, the word of God says that your name has been written in the book of life, which means it's been taken from somewhere else. Hallelujah. So keep on living. Keep on doing the best that you can. Keep on loving people. Stay desperate for Christ and watch the world do better around you. Can I get amen?